0: Hi, I'm Keith Moore, and we welcome you to Faith School. Faith School is the place where my spirit is fed, where my faith grows stronger, and where I learn how to be an overcomer. I know a lot of folks don't see the importance of faith and the need of developing faith because they have a a very limited concept of what it even is, but Faith affects everything in your life. Your outlook, your perspective, uh, whether you're up or down, whether you're joyous or depressed, it is directly related to faith. When you have faith, you have hope or expectation of good. And when you have no faith, you're hopeless. And when you're hopeless, you have no joy and you have no peace. There are a lot of depressed people around and on medication for it and on all kinds of things, self-medicating with alcohol and drugs and overspending and uh, immoral, immoral stuff. And, uh, and they don't realize it's because of a lack of faith. Mm. They're trying to fill a hole <laughs> in them. With stuff that can never fill it. No. You and I were designed. By a faith God. To live a faith life. Hallelujah. It is the only existence. That is fulfilling. It is the victorious life. Oh praise God. So get your Bible. Because that's faith food. And come on into the classroom with us. And let's get built up today. Let's get rid of the confusion, get rid of the depression, get rid of all the bad stuff and get built up in him and start enjoying some life. Amen. Father, all of us agree together as touching this, asking you for the quickening of your spirit and for the opening of our understanding so that we can hear and see your words and And understand them and receive them. Asking for answers and help today. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Look please again in 1 John 5. For some time now we've been on this series we're calling uh, Faith That Overcomes. And it's based on this verse. 1 John 5 4 says, For whatsoever is born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. In Romans, the 10th chapter, he talked about in, in verses 9 and 10, how one is born of God. You believe in your heart and you confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord and he's been raised from the dead. And it goes on to say in, in Romans ten fifteen, how beautiful are the feet of them that preach the gospel of peace. And bring glad tidings of good things. He said, but they've not all obeyed the gospel. For Isaiah says, Lord, who has believed our report? And verse 17 says, and this is Young's literal translation, says, Faith comes by a report, and the report by the saying of God. So the gospel is called the good report. Glad news, glad tidings of good things good report. And so we saw, if you want to go back there again in Numbers, the, uh, the 13th chapter, we saw this sharp contrast between a good report and a bad report. The scripture says that even Abraham had the gospel preached to him. Isn't that something? Well, that tells you something about what the gospel is. What do we know the gospel is? good news glad tidings of glad news of good things well what did what did abraham hear from god that was good news about good things well one of the main things the lord told him was that in him would all nations be blessed hallelujah and so the good news galatians 3 talks about this that the gospel to Abraham was about the blessing. Now, a lot of times people don't, when they think gospel, they don't automatically think blessing. But that is, uh, well, what's good news? Is the blessing good news? Oh, yeah. So the blessing, uh, the the message of the gospel is the blessing of God. And so uh, when he told them that he had found the perfect spot for them, Canaan land, the land that flowed with milk and honey, and how that in this land they would enjoy what they nor their fathers, nor their fathers' fathers had ever enjoyed, owning your own place, hallelujah, and not just a bleak piece of desert land, but a piece of garden, hallelujah, well-watered Good climate, good soil and uh, good herds and flocks and crops and vineyards and houses and full of all good things. I'm quoting scriptures. That is the gospel to them. Can you come on, can you see that? And can you see how far religious tradition has gotten away from the gospel? I actually had somebody tell me one time trying to correct me. They said, we don't preach all that healing stuff. We just preach the gospel. Really? Because in Acts 14, when Paul preached the gospel, the very next verse says they got faith to be healed from hearing what he preached, what the Bible calls the gospel. And many people, what they preach calling the gospel, folks would never get faith to be healed from hearing that. So no... There's more to the gospel than folks have thought. It is good news that will make you glad about all the good things. And there's a bunch of them. Many benefits that our good God has given us, all bought and paid for in the redemptive work of Christ. And so this is a type of all the good things we have in Christ. Canaan's land. It's a type of it. And we, we didn't get less under the new and better covenant than they had. We got everything they had plus plus we got the Holy Spirit living inside us twenty four seven. Hallelujah. We didn't lose anything. It's not a almost as good covenant. It's a better covenant, established on better promises with a better mediator. But uh sadly, This first generation that God so miraculously delivered out of Egyptian bondage, none of them got to enjoy Canaan's land. Out of hundreds of thousands of them, two got to go in. Joshua and Caleb. Out of hundreds of thousands. Why? Because they were the only two that believed the good report. The rest of them, to the rest of them, it was too good to be true. Yeah, they heard all those scriptures, but they can see with their eyes. Giants. Walled cities. And I'm sure that for 40 years, while they got older and older and older and wandered around out there in that dry, you know, forsaken place, that they thought it was the giants that kept them out. Hmm? They thought it was because they're bigger than they are. They thought it was the walled cities that kept the walls that kept them out. But that wasn't so because their children went in. Giants and all. Is that right? Walled cities and all. So it's not true that it was the giants that kept them out. It wasn't true that it was the walls that kept them out. What kept them out? Hebrews 3 tells us because of their unbelief, they couldn't enter in. Wasn't The giant didn't keep them out. It was their unbelief that kept them out. What's that teaching us today? Because 1 Corinthians 10 talks about this, that all these things were written as examples to us, and they are for our instruction and for, our, and for warning us. Why? Why? Because faith works exactly the same way today as it did then. And fear works the same way, too. Fear will rob you. Did it rob them? Think about it. Forty years being dissatisfied, you know, being unfulfilled, being frustrated. And going nowhere, going in circles in the desert. When you could have been sitting by your pool. <laughs> <laughs> huh? Yes, sir. Sitting by your pool, drinking land of grape juice. <laughs> <laughs> huh? Sitting. <laughs> or, or Eshkol, I said it wrong. Drinking Eshkol grape juice, uh, eating the good of the land, enjoying your family, watching your grandkids grow up and thrive. And see, the thing is, uh, if you read the rest of the passages, they got bitter at God. They are mad at God. I'm talking about for 40 years. They are mad at Moses they are mad at Aaron. And is it, is it Aaron's fault that they're getting old out there in the desert, not enjoying life? Is it Moses' fault? Is it God's fault? No, but see, that's how unbelief does. Unbelief blames everybody except itself. Unbelief won't take responsibility for its own actions and failures and mistakes. And what they did is they, they chose not to trust God. They, they doubted his intentions for them. They doubted his love. And that will kill you. That will cut you off from what you need. In this uh, 14th chapter of Numbers... In Numbers 14, after they brought up the evil report, chapter 14 and 1, all the congregation lifted up their voice and cried. And the people wept that night. These are all characteristics of unbelief. Unbelief cries a lot and feels sorry for itself. And complains and murmurs. The children of Israel murmured against Moses and against Aaron, and the whole congregation said to them, Would God that we had died in the land of Egypt. What was that? I wish we'd have just died over there. Or, or would God, I wish we'd died in the wilderness. And you know, <laughs> would to God. God's got nothing to do with their self-pity whining statements. And yet they include him. Would to God. You don't need to be using his name right now. Would to God we'd have died. Verse 3. And why has the Lord brought us into this land to fall by the sword? And that our lives and children should be a prey. Did God bring them out there to kill them? No. For them to die in battle and never get into promised land? Was that what he said? No. But see, this is what they're choosing to believe Instead of what he told them. And this is directly questioning his care for them. They're saying, I wish we'd have just died in Egypt. You're wishing you had never been delivered from slavery. Here's a word. Unthankful. Class, are you all awake? This is how you go down unthankful, being unthankful is one of the absolute worst things that could ever happen to you. Why do you say that? Because if you, you know, choose to yield to that, it gets dark. Romans 1 says, when you're unthankful, your foolish heart is darkened. And you see less and less. How can a person get to the place after God has done all his miracles for you, got you out of Egyptian bondage, healed you and your kids, put money in your pocket, delivered you, got you all the way here to the promised land, told you I've given it to you're ready to go in and you say, you, you act like, I wish I'd have just died over there. I wish none of those miracles had happened. I wish God hadn't showed up and heard my prayer. I wish God hadn't done all those miracles for us. You put yourself in a place where the Lord himself can't help you. That's a big statement. But you search it out and see what I'm talking about. He could fix anything else if you trust him. But if you're going to accuse him of not caring about you, if you're going to deny his love and his good intentions and his truthfulness then you don't believe in him. You don't trust him. And that's serious. And that's how they got to just a few verses later where the Lord said, how long will it be until they believe in me? Until they trust me? And they got to the place where you could see never, they are never going to change. And it's a choice. Oh, faith class, do you choose to believe? Do you choose to believe the goodness of God? Part of your doing that will be in remembering every day what God has done for you. Can you see this? Remembering. Go go with me back to uh, uh, Deuteronomy, please, or over. That's further over, just a few pages, to the first chapter of Deuteronomy. See, this, uh, this crying all night, this blaming Moses and Aaron, this saying, I wish I'd just died over there. I wish I was dead. How many times have people said such stupid stuff? It's not innocent. It's not ignorance. It's an evil spirit of unbelief. Evil unbelief. What, it is actually a defiant rebellion. And especially after all they had seen. Why would you think God couldn't take care of a couple of giants? When you saw what he did to the empire of Egypt. Hmm? Yes. When you saw... Rivers turned to blood. When you, when you saw light over here and dark over here, when you saw manifestations nobody's ever even heard about before, they had every reason to believe, all kind of reasons to believe, and yet still chose not to. Proving, seeing miracles doesn't give you faith. Class are you all over there. You can see the most astounding miracles anybody's ever heard of, and you can still turn right around and the next day doubt. It's a choice. They had seen miracles, and yet they chose to doubt. In Deuteronomy 1, it's a synopsis of that. Verse 20. Deuteronomy 1: 120. He said, Moses said, I said to you, you are come to the mountain of the Amorites, which the Lord our God does give to us. Now, he told them this over and over again. I've given it to you. I've given it to you. I've given it to you. When the Lord says that, what do you need to say? Thank you. (laughs) It's mine. (laughs) Right? Thank you. It's mine. Now, that doesn't mean that there won't be some challenges in laying hold of it uh, or, or you know, possessing it and experiencing it. But the lords he, he knows that. He's, he already knows how to get you in there and, and get it done. And you might say, well, why, why does he do it that way? Because he wants to. <laughs> he wants you and I to participate in it and grow and develop and, and develop character and develop stability and develop perseverance and develop faith Because that's valuable to him, both now and in the future. He's training you for a position. Hallelujah. (laughs) Past this life, (laughs) and you know the Bible talks about we got the 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 armor, you know, of God. We got the breastplate, righteousness, helmet of salvation, loins girt with truth. Feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Shield of faith. Sword of the Spirit. What if you had all that and nobody to fight? <laughs> all dressed up. Nowhere to go. <laughs> How can you be an overcomer? And there's nothing to overcome. Why leave some giants over there? Because leave them something to practice on. Right? Right? <laughs> And, and then once they get in there and they have to use their faith and they have to learn how to hear from God day in and day out and, and fight the battles in faith and, and they get victory after victory. And when it's all said and done, they had a part of it. They, they're able to participate in it and can appreciate uh, what God has given them and, and how it happened, how it, how it unfolded. It's God's plan hmm? to fight. The good fight of faith that requires more than just laying on the couch, making confessions. You're gonna to have to get up, put it in gear, right? You're gonna to have to move when you don't feel like it. You're gonna to have to push when you, uh, you know, would ready for it to be done. But if you will persevere, hallelujah! hallelujah. Then you'll be like the next generation that followed these guys. You will move in Amen. to the promised land. You'll enjoy it. You'll experience it. So uh, he said, the Lord Lord gives it to us. Verse 21, Behold, the Lord God has set the land before you. Go up and possess it. As the Lord God of your fathers said to you, Fear not, neither be discouraged. This was the danger that would rob them of the whole thing. If they yielded to fear, if they let themselves get depressed and discouraged, Do not act like depression is something you have no control over. Do not act like you're helpless to it. And don't quote a diagnosis to me. God is bigger than all of these things. But you and I have to resist these things. Feelings come to all of us. And and if you just, you know, I mean this morning, I could have laid in bed and said, you know, I don't know. (laughs) faith school again (laughs) I just don't know if I feel like it that would be a giant mistake because the moment you go down that road, the enemy will just pile up in the bed with you, and tell you all the, they don't appreciate you anyway, and, and they don't, you know, and, and da, da, da da da. And I mean, if you listen to that junk, you will go down. You will get weak, fear, and discouragement. And it just gets deeper and darker the further you go. You have to resist it. Amen. You have to say fear. Get out of here. Every wrong, depression, leave me. Get off of me in Jesus' name. And then put something else in your mouth. I'm strong in the Lord. And in the power of his might, begin to say some things the Lord has said about you. That stuff will leave you. Next thing you know, you'll be rejoicing. You'll be laughing. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Next thing you know, I'm waving my arms and looking at you and going, believe God. You better believe God. (laughs) and I'm glad I'm here I'm glad I came not wasting my time don't act like you are helpless before depression you're a child of God you're born of God and because of that you are a world overcomer and this junk this depression is something that's in the world and the way you overcome it is by your faith that's the victory Resist it. Let's just say it out loud for ourselves and everybody else that's watching. Say it out loud. Depression. Leave me. I don't want you. Leave me. I give you no place. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Do not just lay there and feel sorry for yourself not now not tomorrow if you've done it a bunch you get in a habit of it it's easy to just go back into the same old rut without thinking but you can break out of that cycle and next thing you know you'll go longer and longer without doing it and then you'll go weeks and months hallelujah and it won't bother you now enemy, he'll try to come back even years later but the moment he does do what we just did right here I resist you leave me Go. I mean, a lot of times you need to set out loud, especially if you're by yourself. I mean, crank up the volume and mean business. And what did the Bible say? Resist the devil. What did happen next? He will flee from you. And the joy of the Lord is your strength. You'll quit being so weak and you'll begin to be strong and overcome. He goes on to say here it said, uh, You know, they took the fruit of the land, verse 25, and they brought it down and they said, it's a good land. Verse 26, notwithstanding, you would not go up, but rebelled against the commandment of the Lord your God. See, the Lord had told them, go up and do it, go up and take it. But they said, no, we can't, we won't. And verse 27, you murmured in your tents and you said, because the Lord hated us. He brought us out of the land of Egypt to deliver us into the land of the Amorites. He brought us up here to kill us. That is, is that an evil report? Is that an evil thing to say about a good God who has moved heaven and earth (laughs) to get you out of Egyptian bondage and to get you here? And yet choosing to believe bad things about God's plan and intent for you, it absolutely robbed them of what they should have had and should have enjoyed for the rest of their life. Said out loud, I choose to believe, I choose to believe the, love the love God has for me. He's a good God. He's a good God to me. His plan for me. Is the best, plan. It's, the best plan. It's plan. it's a good plan. I have faith, I have faith that God loves me. God loves me. Hallelujah. 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 We will never say he hates us. We will never say he's trying to kill us. We won't believe such lies from the pit. Well, that's it. Our time's up again today. Said out loud I live by faith, I walk by faith. I overcome the world by faith. I'm strong in faith, giving glory to God. We'll see you next time here in Faith School. I've got victory, living inside. Thank you for joining us at Faith School. Class is dismissed for today.